Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hello. Been a long week, Derek. Long Has weekend. It? Yes, busy, busy, busy. Um, yeah, I've been getting a, a, a ton of stuff done. We're uh, spring cleaning time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look up at the basement here and uh, look like a bomb went off. <laughs> yeah, just in the middle of doing some spring cleaning and getting uh, stuff organized. I'm just doing a purge. There's so yeah. much stuff that I just don't need anymore. You know, like I, I'm a hoarder that way, like books especially. I don't like to throw books away. But, you know, like magazines and stuff like that, I just don't need anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm doing some purging that way and uh, get rid of some stuff. And, well, it's been pretty busy doing that. And then, I've been pushing off all my cleaning. I still have to do the yard and do all the cleanup and get the pond ready. And Oh, but you can't, you can't rake the yard yet. No, I'm not raking it yet. Oh, the the bees yeah, and the bugs everybody's thing. Everybody's getting in trouble for doing that this yeah. year. Yeah, I got to get into my pond and cut down all the uh, last year's grass and stuff. Did any of your fish survive? No, I got rid of them all. Oh, did you? Yeah, I had enough of that. All right. You need to get like a pike or something in there. <laughs> <laughs> get some bass or some trout, yeah. some minnows of some sort. Yeah, I always had trouble overwintering them in the basement. And I've built a huge tank in the basement with filtration and all that stuff. But I kept having chemistry problems and I'd like, I'd have huge die-offs. Like a, at one point I had, uh, I had some koi and some shubanakins or however you pronounce it. I had a whole bunch of fish. I had like 50 or 60 fish and, and I had a couple die-offs and replaced wow. them. And so then I just, I just said, enough of that. Yeah. So I, uh, I just left them in over winter and they all died. Yep. Frozen. Yep. Fishicles. Yeah. Fishicles. Fishicles. I'm going to make ice fishing easier. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to get my backyard done where we've, um, I think I'm getting rid of that garage thingy, that uh, shed. That oh, your shed. storage shed. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just going to get rid of that. I got to put a bunch of uh, dirt to sort of level out my lawn down there. It's sunk over the years. Yeah. So I got to put some bunch of dirt through there, level it all up, pile up the... The garden around the trees, some more, and that sort of stuff. Ariana wants to put in a, a bee garden this year. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she's gotten into all that sort of, and she wants to put in a vegetable garden as well. Yeah. And, well, if that's going to keep her, give her something to do over the summer. Then so be it. You know, it uh, saves us some money having to go buy veggies. Yeah. So, uh, she'll yeah. So we'll maybe look at doing a raised flower bed or something mm-hmm. because our lawn, like under our grass, you get down like not even a foot, and it's clay. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 hmm. uh, it's it's horrible to try to dig that stuff. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to ra- do a raised uh, flower bed if we do that for the bee garden. For the bee garden. Yeah. Was, uh, on the on the <laughs> side story, sort of side story, connected. On the way here, I had to make a quick stop at Costco, and uh, so I was going down the uh, looking for stuff, and I saw New Zealand honey. It's like, oh wow, New Zealand honey. It's creamed. It's it's grade three amber, really nice honey. And it's like, oh, hmm, I wonder what that's like. And I'm looking at it. I look up at the price. What? So normal creamed honey, Canadian mm-hmm. creamed honey from BC is eight bucks a jar. Okay. Same size jar, New Zealand honey, $57. Is there gold flakes in that honey? I don't know what's Does it in come it. with the bees and the hive and everything? It better. <laughs> That's that's so, ridiculous. I know. It's like fifty. It was like fifty six ninety nine or something. It's like wow. no way. <laughs> now there was something I read the other day, and now it was on the internet. So take it for what it is, because uh, you know, just because it's on the internet these days. 
But they were saying the, a lot of the honey that you're buying in the stores now mm-hmm. is like a lot of corn syrup. There's corn syrup. Oh, in, yeah? In it. yeah. So it's filler. Yeah. 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 Filler. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's not full on honey. Yeah. So, but I mean, usually we buy from local people anyway, like local bee people. Yeah. We'll buy their like local honey. Yeah. Because if you, they tell you if you, if you're drinking or drinking, eating, yeah, sometimes I drink it, <laughs> uh, local honey. Yeah. It helps with allergies. Because it's. Because it's, it's the pollen local pollen and area. all that sort of stuff. So you get mm-hmm. in your system and. Yeah. So they say, I just like honey. So, mm-hmm. well, okay, I'll go with that. And. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, just get some local honey. And it's, it, it helps your local producers as well, right? Like there's a couple of people around here that make their own honey. They got their hives and all that and they sell it at the roadside. So I'll just yeah. pick some up sort of thing. And we go through it pretty fast too. So. And where'd you see this? Uh, it was on the internet. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a famous quote. Abraham Lincoln said, uh, you can't believe everything you see on the internet. Yeah. I think he did that, said that in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, it, like, that's why I say, it. I don't know if it's true or not, but, uh, that's, that's the, that's the latest. Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't matter because I always buy local. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they, they, they also have the little things about the, the bee houses and that, that you can make now. Yes. Right. Yeah. To help support the bees. And, exactly. And stuff like that. So. Well, they they encourage everybody to plant wildflowers, and, yeah. and if you have spare land and you're not you're not going to mow it, just throw all kinds of wildflower seeds out and whatever. Right? Well, see, it's, that's why I think I should just do my entire backyard. <laughs> Don't mow it again. Just never mow it again. <laughs> just totally covered in seeds, mm-hmm. and just go to town <laughs> and let my neighbors hate me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own dandelion farm. Yeah, yeah. And I'll expand. Yeah. It <laughs> to my neighbors. Bother neighbors. The only way it would bother a neighbor is if they're sticking their heads over your fence. Well, when the seeds go over <laughs> and start going on their lawn. Uh, Algonquin Park. Delayed opening? Delayed opening. Because mm-hmm. of the ice yeah. and everything uh, flooding. Yeah, so ice out is delayed. And I would have thought that with, uh, so I've been, I've looked at it a few, like, uh, I guess, uh, Canoe Lake is starting to open up along the edges. Yep. Opiango is starting to open up along the docks, but that's about it. There's, uh, there's high water levels in the park right now. And there's like a high flow down like the Big East River is like huge flow right now. And they're talking like high, high water. There's, uh, I saw some pictures of, uh, water flow over some waterfalls, uh, on the west side of the park. I can't remember the falls there but anyways it's like the water levels is just crazy high mm-hmm. but the lakes are still calm and flat the, what they need is you're gonna need the, the ice to be a little bit thinner and a good wind for breakup right yeah uh, yeah get some heat going in there and yeah so may 10th right now they're saying backcountry opening they push it back to may 10th yeah. Yeah. if they have to push it back again it's gonna push it back into the long weekend may long may two for yeah. long weekend yeah, is that the following weekend after that yeah so the may two four weekend is like the 16th, 17th, 18th or something? Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, so if it, if it uh, doesn't break up by then, people are going to be a tad annoyed. Yeah, well, people you know? are counting on, on like, I, I, we know a couple people that have early season, you know. Trips, all, yeah, yeah, already so, planned. Yeah, uh, so Mark Rubino, Mike Burns, and that, that, that crew, they're all planning on, they were, I think they were planning on the first week of May, but. Obviously, that's uh, going to be not pushed not going to happen now, yeah. Yeah. Unless they go elsewhere. Yeah. 
I'm trying to find the calendar. And I pulled up my, <laughs> I ended up opening up my calculator. It's like, oh, that's yeah, no yeah, glad. Just add that up. <laughs> um, the other thing going on, did you find it? Yeah. So the long weekend is the 17th, 18th, and 19th and 20th of May. So the, Saturday is the 18th. 18th, 19th, yeah. 20th. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah, it'll be pushed back that far then. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that uh, fishing season's open now. Is it open now? The fourth Saturday in April. Okay. So if you can't get Opiongo with your boat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going uh, yeah. for them big lakers, right? So that'll be yeah. pushed back too. Yes. Right, so. That's where you want to go, ice fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get out there with a pontoon boat or something. Get out, or, yeah. Like a Zodiac and just kind of push it across the ice. Yeah, it'd probably arrest you. <laughs> Um, Niagara. Yes. Ticks. There's oh, an yes. uptick. There's an uptick in uptick ticks. in the number of ticks. Yeah. So they've, uh, there's been high, I don't know if it's more reporting nor, because there've been a lot of uh, publications. There's been a lot of reports and stuff like that. So people are becoming more and more aware. So people are reporting symptoms more and, and, uh, medical facilities when they get uh, positive tests for, uh, for Lyme disease, it's it's being recorded now. And I think it's just there's a higher awareness of it now. Mm-hmm. But there's been quite a few, quite an increase in an uptick in tick reporting in the Niagara region. Yeah, I think that's that's a big part of it is people are just reporting it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Lyme disease and that coming out, you know, like people now taking it more seriously than yes. they used to. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's all over Facebook and everything. You know, mm-hmm. Ticks, ticks, ticks. Yeah. More types coming up to Canada and that sort of stuff. And I think just, yeah, people are just yeah. reporting it and a I lot was, more. And I was reading about, uh, about, you know, normally uh, if there's a harsh cold winter, a lot of the ticks die off. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was trying to find some numbers and it, a lot of the websites, a lot of the, it, places that I was looking for info, it's kind of contradictory, but I guess basically what it seems like is, uh, when there's a warming trend, the ticks come out of their hiding areas. And then if it gets really cold, like minus 10 degrees C or less, then those ticks will die off. Mm -hmm. So if you, but if you just have kind of a, a a warming trend, but not very cold, they, they tend to survive longer. And uh, a lot of the ticks, they they winter in like the, the mulch, the dead leaves in the forest yeah. and stuff. So that sort of insulates them from the uh, lower temperatures. So it's it's uh, without, unless you can get sustained like minus 30 degree weather and- They're not going to die yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. No, well, that sucks, but hey, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Just make sure you're checking yourself after every hike. Yes. And your best, especially your kids and your furry friends. Yeah. Uh, this week, what are we drinking here? Ah, Whitewater yes. Brewing Company again. Yep. We are trying the peanut butter shake, peanut butter stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not too shabby. It's got quite the taste to it. It's very peanut buttery. Yeah, it's got uh, a big aftertaste of peanut butter. A uh, little bit of a caramel taste, I was thinking. Yeah, like a, and now it says, what does it say? Like, I, I taste burnt caramel, but what does it say? Yeah, it just says, do, 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 do. This stout is everything you want it to be. Chocolatey, peanut buttery goodness with hints of cream and caramel. This medium bodied sweet stout will remind you of a peanut butter chocolate shake. Hmm. It would remind me of one if I ever had one. <laughs> it is a good beer. I like it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. I, I and I, I question it when I first saw it. It's like a peanut butter, mm-hmm. but it's not too bad. Not too shy. That's what we've tried for. It's mostly the aftertaste and the burpage. Oh yeah, when you when you burp after drinking it, yeah, it definitely tastes like peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it 
And the other one we have by Whitewater Brewing is uh, Midnight Stout. It's an oatmeal milk stout. We had a a milk a dark milk stout from Chronicle Brewing in Bowenville about a month ago, and that was really good. Yeah, yeah. I just had another can on the weekend, and it was it's a nice beer. So that that's was, the milk stout. That was. We had another. It wasn't a milk stout. It was a milk something though, because it was it wasn't dark, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, it looked like like milk inside of a beer, mm-hmm. like somebody like you poured your beer, yeah. and then somebody put some milk cream in, or something yes. in it, yeah, and it was just sort of hanging there. Yeah. It was just like, yeesh. yeah. So I don't know if you're supposed to shake it first. I don't know. <laughs> the one from Chronicle Brewing was really good. We yeah. had that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to trying this one. Alrighty. Well, we'll try that a little later mm-hmm. then. Um, do, 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 do. So last year mm-hmm. they decided to say, well, a canoe is a vessel. Yes. Right? And there this was a big court is case. from the court case about the, it was, it wasn't his own son. It was no, like. No, it was his girlfriend's son. Yes. Took him out and they capsized. Capsized. Wasn't wearing a life jacket and all that sort of stuff. And he the was eight pretty year old drunk. boy died. Yeah. He was drunk. Yeah. And the whole court case on what to, whether he's getting uh, charged with anything like manslaughter or, or what, the whole, had to deal with wording in the law yeah. that a canoe was not considered a vessel. So, yeah. So they so, couldn't charge him for like drinking right. and driving charges or or uh, operation of a vessel while impaired or yet again. Yeah, because it wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. So they took that issue to court and the judge said, you know what? A, a canoe is a vessel. Mm-hmm. So then they went to court and said, okay, yeah. you're being charged. Yeah. Charged now. So one of the things that we've been hearing a lot about is the registering and licensing of your vessel, mm-hmm. your, which means canoes, kayaks, rafts, stand-up paddleboards, all that, because they're all considered vessels. So I went under the Transport Canada site, Canada Shipping Act, to find out what is the exact ruling on all this? Now, let me tell you. <laughs> These are the old regulations, okay? Human-powered watercraft are pleasure craft that are not fitted with a motor. So sailboats, sailboards, paddleboards, water cycles, canoes, kayaks, rowboats, and rowing shells. So those are human-powered watercraft. And they are pleasure craft. Okay. And that becomes important because they, they throw around these terms left, right, and center. And sometimes it sounds like they contradict themselves with these terms. Yeah. Every pleasure craft must have a pleasure craft license with the following exceptions. A pleasure craft using a motor with less than 10 horsepower. Technically a canoe does not have a motor. So that is left up to your interpretation. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't clearly state, well, canoes don't have a, a, a motor, kayaks don't have a motor, so they're excluded. There's nothing that comes right out and says they're excluded. A pleasure craft that has a vessel registration. So if you have a vessel registration, you don't have to have a pleasure craft license. Yes, correct. Two separate things. Then it, it, it goes on to say, to check if your, your ve- is your vessel a pleasure craft. Are you using your vessel for your own pleasure and recreation? Yes, then it's a pleasure craft. Are people on board your, the vessel your guests 
friends or family. So if you're out with a, in your canoe yeah. and you have so you're taking somebody for a canoe ride, are they your guests, your friends, your family? Yes, it's a pleasure craft. Got it. righty. Guided excursion, because then they get into all of this bit. And like I say, this is all just right in a giant row. Guided excursion is defined in the small vessel regulations as non-competitive outdoor recreational activity or excursion led by a person in charge of the activity or excursions during which the participants use a human-powered vessel. Okay. A group of human-powered vessels, such as canoes or kayaks, that are all being operated for pleasure. All the vessels involved are pleasure craft. No one is profiting from the outing, even if one of the vessels acts as a lead vessel, as long as the operator of that vessel is leading the group for the purpose of their own pleasure, the lead vessel is still a pleasure craft. So So this is like if, if you... What if you have like a group of six people out and and you're getting kayaking instructions by a lead guy? Then they are not pleasure craft, unless you're all doing it as a bunch of buddies going out. So if it's not if, a pleasure if, craft, if nobody's it's... making money off of it, mm-hmm. then it's a pleasure craft. You're doing it for your own enjoyment. So was it if it's not a pleasure craft, it is considered a not a pleasure craft commercial. It's by the sounds of it. What's the designation though is what I'm trying to. Well, it, it, you would need to get a license okay. or a registration for it. Okay. But they don't really come out and say. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's sketchy. It's like. It, it's really sketchy. So it's like, well, if you're out in a raft with a bunch of friends, you don't need it. Yeah. Or, or sorry, it's, it's a pleasure craft, but if you're out there as part of a tour mm-hmm. it's not a pleasure craft it's commercial yeah so like a rafting company okay or i happen to own a raft we hit some white water with 10 buddies it's a mm-hmm. pleasure craft we have to have the pleasure craft license doesn't say yeah. it doesn't come out and say so register registration or a license register a pleasure craft if you choose to register your pleasure craft rather than licensing it Keep in mind the following differences in the procedures and markings. So because it doesn't say whether, like it, it, it says, if you go through everything that I already went through. Yeah. Your kayak, your your canoe are pleasure craft. Mm-hmm. And then it says you have to register or license your pleasure craft. Yes. Okay. If you choose to register it rather than licensing it, keep in mind the following differences in the procedures and markings. There are fees to register your pleasure craft. The exterior markings on a registered pleasure craft are the name of the vessel and the port of registry. For example, Morningstar 3, Toronto, Ontario. And see, this is, you you see where this is going? You're out of the realm of canoes and kayaks. Yeah. But they are registered or they're, they're, Categorized as a pleasure craft. So these these are the current or old rules? These are the old ones. Small vessel registration. The type of registration is not required if your vessel does not or will not have a mortgage. Which I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> when they say mortgage, I'm thinking like a slip dock or something like that. A mortgage? Oh, a mortgage. No, they say mortgage. Mort gauge. 
like yeah. you have on your okay. house. It does not or will not have a mortgage. So you, you it didn't wasn't so expensive you had to take out a loan. Yeah, but pretty much. You do not wish, wish to register an official name and you don't intend to travel outside of Canada. Huh. So if you don't want to register, then you get a license. Yeah. A pleasure craft license is a document with a unique license number for pleasure craft. The number serves as identification for the vessel and allows search and rescue personnel to access important information in an emergency. Okay. No fee is required to get this license. A vessel used for pleasure, recreation, or daily living is a pleasure craft. No wonder why they had so much trouble determining vessel, non-vessel, yeah. this, that, the other thing. Everything and is I'm, so... I'm giving you the broken down version yeah. of all the pages I went through <laughs> just to get yeah. this. I was going through pages back and forth and left and right just to try to figure some of this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, vessel used, uh, sorry, after you receive your pleasure craft license, you must use it as follows. Carry the pleasure craft license on board the vessel at all times. Display the number on both sides of your boat's bow. Do you remember back in the 70s when you see the aluminum boats zipping up With and down numbers the numbers on their bows. And they had the yep. numbers on the bows, right? Yeah. The number must appear in block characters, which are at least three inches high in a color that contrasts with the color of the bow. Mm-hmm. There is a $250 fine if you are found operating a vessel without a license. Yeah. So, so do I need one or do I not? The only thing so far that if left to my interpretation is way at the beginning is, well, technically I don't have a hor- uh, anything more than 10 yeah. horsepower. I, I'm using it, something less than 10 horsepower. It seems like this is all geared towards like, uh, like, like th- those boats. aluminum boats. Yeah, big and, aluminum boats yeah. and like the, 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 the big boats you it's sleep like a on. Type. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But because none of these really fit into the, uh, the canoe or kayak no. range. But, but it seems to be a gray area. Human powered watercraft are pleasure craft that are not fitted with a motor. Right? Hmm. So, like I say, and that's all up into interpretation. Yeah. The only thing I could find when I Googled it outside of all of this. Yeah. I Googled trying to find, do I need registration? Do I need, thinking there's going to be something current. There is nothing current still that says you do not need Mm -hmm. licenses or registrations or anything. It's left in a gray area. Yeah. News article from March 2011, the federal government is taking immediate steps to change the law requiring people to register the canoes and kayaks. The government heard complaints from camping and scouting organizations that didn't support registration for the canoes and kayaks. The government said the strength of that lobby convinced them to drop the registration requirement. So... So you couldn't find anything in the laws and the rules on the government websites. Nothing. You had to go to a news article that is to get clarification. Eight years old. <laughs> An eight-year-old article. Yeah. I could not find anything under mm-hmm. the the Canada Shipping Act and stuff like that. The originals. Now, this is where it gets better, and it actually does get better. They've updated everything, as of March twenty-seventh, two thousand nineteen. Small vessel regulations. So, I so want this had, all of this that I had to go yeah. through, pages and pages just to get what I got yeah. here. Licensing of pleasure craft application. And this is like section 100, like part one, 100. 
because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like 100, 101. It doesn't start at 1 and go to yeah. 99 okay. and 100. So the very first thing, this part applies in respect of a pleasure craft principally maintained or operated in Canada that is equipped, even temporarily, with one or more primary propulsion engines whose aggregate power is at least 7.5 kilowatts or 10 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, canoes, kayaks, stand-up paddleboards, rafts don't have propulsion engines. Clears it up right there. We don't need re- leg- uh, yeah. re- licensing. So they've changed it now. I wonder if it's because of that court case. It's and gotta be. That's exactly why I went looking for it to find out. Mm-hmm. So, but this is a lot clearer because this way you're guessing. Yeah. And all they've done is reverse the wording. Yeah. Realistically. To clarify. To clarify it. So now right off the bat, it says, yeah, you guys don't need it because you don't have an engine. Yeah. Right? Tickety-boo. Um, I kept on reading stuff and I'm going to post this on our, our Facebook page. Uh, I'll see if I, I don't know if I can post it on our website or not, but I'm going to post the new updated version of the small vessel regulations on our, our Facebook page anyway. It goes into, uh, talking about human powered pleasure craft and life-saving appliances and all that sort of stuff. As it stands right now, uh, the way I've always, I've always gone is you need a bail bucket. You need your, your, your PFD for one, your bail bucket. You need a rope, a throw rope. You need a waterproof flashlight Mm -hmm. and I'm forgetting, a sound, sound device. It's like a whistle or whatever, right? So I keep on reading these new updated, a human powered pleasure craft shall carry on board a personal flotation device or life jacket that is of an appropriate size for each person on board, which is what it's always been. It doesn't say you have to wear it. That's what I was just about to ask. So you it's, it have has to, to be have on one board. Right. I don't know why you wouldn't just wear it. Well, that's, that's one of the other things they're talking about now is should wearing a, a life jacket be mandatory. Mandatory. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like now they say on the big, the big, big boats, you know, you see going down the canals and stuff, you know, people sleep on overnight and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, as long as they're within reach. Cause they're out there, they're sunbathing and they're, they're eating and they're cooking and whatever on their boats. Right. Yeah. So do they, are they supposed to sleep with a life jacket on and all that? You know, that's going to get all. Yes. Every question under the sun is going to get asked on that. But I think maybe they need to get a bit more clarification and say, if you are on in a canoe, in a kayak, in a raft or be specific. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Be more specific. Uh, then yes, it is mandatory sort of thing. Must also have a baler, a manual bilge pump or bilge pump arrangements. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've, I've always had a baler. I, uh, the kayak, I've got a, a manual bilge pump, a sound signaling device, which I've always got the whistle. If operated after sunset or before sunrise or in restricted visibility, navigation lights. Mm -hmm. Now, we've always had the flashlight. You're supposed to have a flashlight. Um, But if you're not going during any of those times, 
you don't have to have a flashlight. Yes, exactly. Right. So, and that was, I, I was that part of the old regulation? That's, yeah. And one I don't remember seeing in the old regulations, maybe just because I didn't pay attention to it, this part as much as a magnetic compass if operating out of sight of sea marks. Which really, if you're if you're a sea kayaking you'd have way to be an out or you big lake, yeah, you're going out onto um, Georgian Bay or something way mm-hmm. out there, you know, out of sight of just out of sight of land or mm-hmm. or um, landmarks, yes, that sort of sea thing. Marks, you know, landmarks, you, oh look, yeah. I can see that lighthouse or exactly. there's you know yeah. where I launched from, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You need to have that magnetic compass. Um, I don't remember seeing that one, but I always thought you had to have at all times. Um, the flashlight. And it absolutely says nothing about a throw rope. Oh. I did not see anything about a oh, yeah. throw rope. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's what, because that's why they were selling those orange buckets. Yeah. That you, you screw off the lid. Flashlight. Thro- there's a flashlight. There's floating a floating rope. Yeah. A there's a whistle in there. Yeah. And it's your baler. Mm-hmm. Bail bucket. Yeah. All in one. There's nothing about a throw rope that I, that I saw. Uh, and the flashlight is only needed if you're after dark. Well, and any flashlight you ever got in one of those bailer buckets was... Yeah, but it, it has to be waterproof, right? But usually if I know if I'm going to be later, I always have my headlamp with yes. me. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. And uh, section 213 says, visual signals like a waterproof flashlight are not required if the vessel is under six meters or 19 and a half feet in length and not equipped with an engine. So that's got to be new. Yes. Because we've always had the flashlight, waterproof flashlight. And as a matter of fact, the day I got my boater safety exam, I did it on a Friday. Yeah. Because my father-in-law, myself, my son were going out fishing on the Saturday. Um, so I had my boater's license. We we didn't know there the lake we were on, there was a uh, fishing tournament. Okay. And the OPP were out. And we're just puttering along. So they pulled us over. It was like, a, it was like getting your brand new driver's license and getting pulled over by the cops. Yeah. yeah. So they pulled over and said, okay, well, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? And yeah. And I just opened up my bailer bucket and handed them everything. They made sure that the flashlight worked. They dipped it in the water. It's turned back on again. Really? Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. You had to have it. Now, yeah. apparently you don't need it. And, unless it's after and dark. And now you're going to have to, there's a lot of, there may be a lot of people on the water or like authorities or Coast Guard or whatever, that maybe they're not up to speed and there's going to be, there's going to be discussions on the water. It's like, well, yeah. no, I well, don't need to have a flashlight anymore. Don't check out the small vessel regulations. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know, section 213 say? So <laughs> 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 <Sir>, you're arrested. <laughs> you smart ass. <laughs> I know my rights. So, yeah, I, I'm going to post these because like I said, as, as I was uh, tootling through them, there's a lot more uh, on there that uh, I really wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, some cha- a couple of changes, and I don't know if anybody's really yeah. aware of it. Uh, the fact that there's no, like I say, I may, maybe I just totally missed it, but I don't think so. There was nothing about uh, having a throw rope. Yeah. Yes. Which yeah. we I, always have. Throw rope's a good idea yeah. to have no matter what, even yeah. if you don't have to have it. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I learned about. So long and short of it, if I go by the new updated... March 27th, 2019 regulations. Yeah. We don't need license or registration for our boats, Mm -hmm. for our canoes and kayaks. Yeah. Unless of course you got like a 20 footer. (laughs) (laughs) Do they make 20 foot 
kayaks? Uh, they must. The d- I guess the, the double the ones, right? Doubles, the two-man kayaks. Yeah. They got to be pretty long. Hmm. Something to look up. Yeah, somebody else can do that. Yeah. Because I'm tired of reading these. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of interesting stuff in this when it comes to the uh, the um, shipping act and stuff like that. The Canada Shipping Act. Oh, yeah. longer than 20 feet. Yeah. So we covered it. It's a modular kayak system. Oh, and you right. can piece together. You can have six people in that kayak. That's right. Yeah, Each they module did that one. snaps on and connects. And was it was like 20 or something people. They had a whole bunch. I think it was yeah. over a hundred, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. 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 They yeah. did over a hundred. And they were right against that one dock and all yeah. trying to get going at yeah. the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'd be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, like I say, I'm going to see if we can post this to our website. I don't know if I can. Uh, definitely we'll we'll post it to Facebook. And if you want to check out the new small vessel regulations, yeah. uh, y- if you want to need something to help you sleep at night, <laughs> this is the perfect thing. So while we we're talking, I, I was looking up an update. And uh, coincidentally, uh, so the... Dude, let me find his name here. Oh, the dude. The dude, David the dude. Sillers. Oh, not so, the big Lebowski. D- no. So David Sillers, he's the guy who was drunk in the in the oh, canoe right, right, in right. April with the eight-year-old boy. And uh, so that court case is ongoing right now. Right. And when this episode publishes, they're going to be doing final arguments. So final arguments are May 2nd, Thursday, May 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll be doing final arguments. So he'll probably, whatever, he'll be found, whatever. Guilty or. Guilty or whatever. Or whatever it is, yeah. So in the next, but the final arguments or closing arguments are going to be Thursday, May 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's ongoing right now. Well, it's a sad state of affairs, mm-hmm. but hey, you know, that's the whole, don't go out in a. Don't go out in a vessel. In a, in a vessel. Drunk. Yes. Yeah, Especially don't do it. You know, but. Especially if you have somebody else's life depending on you. Yeah. Like, why would you take that risk? Yeah. Little kid like that? Mm Mm-hmm. Stupid. Anyway, so let's take a quick break here and we're going to come back. Uh, Something else that I found kind of weird. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So when I was doing all my research on um, all of this uh, Transport Canada stuff and the small vessel regulations and stuff, uh, I came across something that's talking about stand-up paddleboards and using the leash instead of a PFD. 
I've which, heard people talk about that. Yeah. Well, I've got the leash attached to me, so I don't need to have a life jacket because I can climb right back on the board. I guess that's the... But what if you fall and hit your head on the board? Well, that's the whole yeah. thing, right? And I'm thinking that just doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you wear one? But when you think about it... Yes. Surfers don't wear... Correct. Life jackets. I don't know that I've ever seen a server wearing a life jacket. No. I probably would. I, I would. would. <laughs> I if definitely I would. I did the surfing like close to shore sort of thing. Yeah. When they put you on the smaller ways and try to get you to stand up and yeah. and not do a belly flop. Yeah. And not hit the water like it's concrete and over and over and over <laughs> and over. Well, uh, I've seen when uh, I used to live out in Vancouver Island and uh, out on the west coast of Vancouver Island, there's a lot of, there's a big surf scene, like uh, Long Beach and stuff like that, Tofino, you know, there's a, there's a lot of surfing there, but it's cold, cold water. So everybody wears like thick wetsuits, right? Yeah. So th- that is flotation, right? Uh, you, yeah. You ever get in the water with a, with a wetsuit, it's like, it's, it's, you're buoyant, very well, buoyant. Well, if you've got it thick enough to keep you warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's thick enough to float you. So that was the only thing I was sitting there thinking, well, if surfers don't wear one, do you need to wear one? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, hmm, stand up paddle board, you're still paddling, you're not yeah. going down surf, so technically. The Coast Guard considers paddle boards that operate outside swimming and surfing areas to be vessels. Who's Coast Guard? I think it's the, I think, they didn't really say, but I got the impression it was, um. U.S. Coast Guard? The U.S. Coast Guard. Because they were talking about surfing and, you know, the surfing culture and going to the beaches and surfing. I got the impression it was like California style. Yeah. Okay. Right. If you paddle outside a swimming or surf zone, you are required to wear or have a PFD on your paddle board. Wear or have one on the paddle board. Mm -hmm. Right. And realistically, when you start looking at what some of these paddle boarders are wearing, even the, the guys that race and stuff like that, half of them are like the belt ones. Okay. So you're oh, not, you're not yeah, even yeah, yeah. wearing a full mm-hmm. on. Now the belt ones are, they're typically ones that you rip open the Velcro and you can flip the, the, the harness over your neck. And, yeah. And, and then inflates. you can inflate it yeah. either a CO2 cartridge or you blow it up yourself or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but even there's the ones that just hang over you as well. Yes. And until you hit the water, they stay yeah. uninflated, right? And I've got some of those. Yeah. I have those. So there's, there's realistically, I don't see why people wouldn't. It's that little extra bit of safety. It's not yeah. really yeah. in your way or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like wearing a fanny pack. Well, maybe you're just not one of the cool kids then. <laughs> Safety's not cool. <laughs> I don't know. I just found that weird that people- yeah. People would actually say, well, I have the leash on. I don't need a PFD. That to me just sounds odd. Yeah. Eh. If, yeah. <laughs> That's just me. I, 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 I found that kind of odd. Uh, speaking of odd, Fedoric, Fedor, Fedor. Fedor. Yeah, we can, we can never, I, I, if I was Russian, I might be able to pronounce his name, but uh, since. I'm just saying it's Fedor because <laughs> I haven't been able to find anybody yeah. actually saying his name. Yeah. It's F-Y-O-D-O-R. Fedor Konikov. He's, uh, he's that Russian guy. He's a Russian priest who is, uh, he's, well, 
I shouldn't say seventies. He's more than just a priest. He's like he's a world traveler. He's hit all the highest peaks in the world, and he's uh, sailed solo around the world in a sailboat, and yada yada yada. He's been there, done that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's quite the adventurer. Anyway, so uh, four days ago, uh, as of this recording, would be what four, five, six days ago, something like that. Anyway, so uh, he the, the Chilean military did an overflight and got some video and photos of him. They knew he was coming and they just sent a, a, an overflight and just to get sight of him. And so you can see the little video. He's in his little, uh, little rowboat and he's waving at the airplane and it, he made note because he's in constant contact. Like he's got, uh, I think three or four different methods of communication. And yeah. so anyways, he, he reported that, uh, that sighting of that plane and the pilots waving at him was his first sight of human contact, whether it be aircraft or boat, in 141 days. He didn't see a single aircraft or or, or sailing vessel. Like he saw aircraft way up in the distance, the contrails, but right. nothing up close, close that you could see, right? So 141 days without still basically no human contact. <laughs> <laughs> it was a plane that flew over. Well, that's like five months, right? Yeah, that's so isolated. Wow. And uh, so he's 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 kind of he's ran into a lot of bad weather. Yeah, it slowed him down. He's got the, some minor damage to the boat. He's uh, his uh, wind indicator isn't working, so he's having trouble staying upwind in storms or pointing into the wind in storms. So he's he's been delayed quite a bit. He was expecting to hit landfall. At, uh, at Cape um, Cape Horn, the south end of South America. Yeah. So he he had originally expected to hit Cape Horn on Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. So he's still a couple hundred miles out, and so he's expecting to make landfall in the next couple weeks. Couple weeks, yeah. So he's delayed because of storms, but uh, he's making his way. He's like, yeah. it's all manual rowing power, right? So it's quite uh, the distance. Yeah, it's a huge from distance. From Zealand, right? Uh, oh. Australia, New, Australia or New Zealand? I can't remember which. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, so it was. It's a long ways. It, uh, it's like yeesh. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep following. Let us know what uh, any more updates. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they should have dropped him a beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Drop him something. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Use canoes, kayaks, and stand-up paddle boards. If you are looking for a new-to-you canoe, kayak, stand-up paddle board, but you don't have the money to lay down for something brand spanking new, uh, start looking around because this is when all the sales start. Yes. Uh, Like Algonquin Outfitters has their sales all the time, and there's like the paddle shacks and stuff like that. They're all gearing up with their used. They sell their their rental fleets and stuff like that. Yeah. and if you want, yeah. like the rental feeds kind of get beat up a bit. So if you. But they're, they're still decent. They're still, there's some decent ones available. So if you want a decent or one of the decenter ones, you got to get out there quick. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the nicer ones go fast. Yeah. Well, no one wants to buy something that's scratched up. Yeah. Well, they're all scratched up. It's just some have a little bit more damage than yeah. others and whatever. But, you know, as a rental boat, people don't take care of them. It's like, drive it like you rented it type thing, right? Yeah. Drive it like you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but So, all those rental fleets and, and uh, last year's stock, because right now, a lot of the, even a lot of the stores, they're selling off their their uh, 2018 watercraft 
because they got all the 2019 new canoes coming in with the new colors and the new yep. gadgets and new, you know, color, you know, with seat designs and whatever, right? So all the new fancy stuff is coming in. So they're selling off their old new stuff, you know, at discounted rates. Yep. And, and if uh, you want brand spanking new, if you go to Algonquin Outfitters in Huntsville, yeah. I do believe they have their, you can paddle this straight out of the showroom right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, Did yeah. Did you see the pictures of the flooding? Yeah, that's right incredible. Right up to the back of the building. So they have, part of, part of their building is, they have had to sandbag it to keep the water out. But if you're familiar with the Huntsville Algonquin Outfitters store, they, they're right on the waterway. And if you look at the aerial photos, they have water right up to the rear deck. Yeah. So, so basically you can just take There's that. no parking back there's there no, now. Yeah. So basically you can walk out the back door and launch your canoe. Yes. You can knock. Can you, brand you can, new kayaks or there you go. <laughs> you can launch off the rear stairs. So the stairs that go up to the upper deck on the back of Algonquin Outfitters. Yeah. You can launch right off of that. That's awesome. Just, I'll just take that right out of the store, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wear those shoes. No. Yeah. Paddle that boat. <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, if you're looking for something used or new, now's the time when all the sales are happening. Yes. So check them all yeah. out. Um, the last thing I've got here, fishing season usually opens the last Saturday in April in a lot of spots, especially yes. trout fishing mm-hmm. in uh, Algonquin and stuff like that. Fishing from a canoe and kayak. I've not fished from a kayak. Neither have I. The sit on top ones, or like, like I mean, it, it's easy to fish from a canoe. Yes. You know, I mean, with all your gear and stuff in there, it's wide open. So if you don't have one of those sit on top style mm-hmm. kayaks that are made for ang, like they get the specialized the angle, angler kayaks angler and kayaks stuff like that, yeah, stuff, right. Yeah. Uh, if you have one that you're sitting in the cockpit and stuff, it's a bit more tricky. Especially catch a fish and is bouncing around and inside. I've, I've and seen videos and pictures of people fishing from kayaks and it's like, it gives me the willies. It's like, I can't imagine. Oh, the imagine. ones on the ocean. Yeah. Like you, and you see somebody catching like, you know, a giant salmon or something yeah. from their kayak. It's like, like I'm not the greatest kayaker. I, I, I find myself much more comfortable in a canoe. But uh, I think to myself, man, like I've been in canoes catching fairly large trout or salmon or something like that. And it's like, it's like. There's a bit of a fight and you got to really kind of watch your balance and where you move mm-hmm. in your co- canoe. I can't imagine doing it from a kayak. And when what you land it. What me is these guys out in the ocean. Yeah. And they're sitting there with their feet hanging over the side. <laughs> One on each side, yeah. And I'm just thinking, well, isn't Mr. Shark looking up going, hello. <laughs> I see the flippers <laughs> of a seal. I'm thinking, no, my feet, the last thing I'm hanging over the side of a boat in the ocean is my feet. Yeah. Especially off of like California or something like yeah. that. It's not happening. <laughs> Number two. They're landing like sailfish, swordfish. Huge fish. These massive things. Like, how do you land them? How do you reel them in without going for a 50 kilometer ride first? (laughs) Like, I I don't understand that. It's baffling to me. (laughs) (laughs) I I watch some of the videos and stuff like that and you're just like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. But But you know what? I guarantee you people who do fish from kayaks, they're probably going like, man, a canoe would be so unstable to catch a fish in. I would only want to do it for my kayak. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I guess it's what you're used to, right? Well, my old kayak, I could stand, or my old canoe, I could stand up in it and fly fish. Yeah. It was that stable. 
Okay. And like I say, if you got to you got to know your boat, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So my new one, I would probably stand up and and fly fishing it if I was alone. Okay. Like if there's nobody in the front trying to turn around, going, "What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you?" Yeah. Doing? Because that extra jiggling that throws jig- you off, yeah, right? Exactly. And that little jiggle turns into a massive, yeah, jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if if I was by myself, you know, or not, I'm not saying on a on a solo trip or something, but if I didn't have anybody in the canoe with me, yeah. I'd probably be more tempted because I mean I would stand up and do the the canoe polling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I'd probably be more tempted to stand up and do some fly fishing than that, but I can I can do it sitting down as well. I've gotten that uh, trick down pretty good too. So, <laughs> um, but so I just thought I'd talk. I mean, we go on our our canoe trips and stuff like that, and we take the fishing gear and stuff. And um, the main types of fish fishing that I do from a canoe is the trolling, usually for trout or yep. walleye. The casting into the weeds, usually for bass. Um, I catch pike as well, but I don't go specifically for pike. Okay. Because I'm not a big pike fan. They're, some of them put up a really nice fight, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not, I'm not the one that catches the fish just for the fight. Oh, okay. You know, and I won't eat pike. Oh no. So no, no, they taste like soggy mashed potatoes to me. Oh really? Yeah, that can. Consi- I think it's a lot of it's the yeah. consistency and stuff. Okay. I just no. texture. It just doesn't do it for me. Uh, I'll sit at the end of waterfalls and rapids to, and cast in for trout and bass and stuff like that. Yeah. I've caught walleye off the the uh, end, end of rapids and stuff. I'll sit near structure, uh, find some shoals and stuff like that. Yeah, and just drop a lure, do some jigging or or whatever, bait hook with a worm on it or a leech, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Uh, again, that's usually for um, for walleye. And, uh, lazy man drift fishing. I taught Marcus this one. Oh yeah. You go to the end of the lake and the wind starts pushing you back across the lake, but you cast out and then you just prop your rod. Oh, okay. And, and just let it, you're trolling at you, wind you're, you're speed. You're trolling. You're just yeah. not doing any work. Yeah. Right. So you can sit there <laughs> and you can have a sandwich and, and you're, and then you just watch your rod. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, boom, you got something yeah. and reel it in and. You know, then you go back, you, you paddle back and hit that yeah. area again. If you catch something, you paddle, but just keep repeating until you're not catching anything and just keep on going sort of thing, right? Those are my main types of, of fishing when, I, when I'm out in the, in the canoe. I don't have a main type of fishing. I just kind of, I have no science. I'm not a very good fisherman. I just kind of like, it, it. it's a great way to uh, just kind of, I, I find a, I can't just sit out in the middle of a lake and stare at the water. So I get to, it's a great opportunity for me to just sit out there and relax and s- pretend that I'm doing something. Because it's not like I catch anything, but <laughs> it's, it's called it's, fishing, not <laughs> catching. <laughs> but like I, there's, I, I found some success. I when I did uh, Georgian Bay and uh, Philip Edward Island with uh, Mike Burns, we uh, we did some fishing and some weeds, and I kept catch. I caught a lot of bass that yeah. weekend, and it was great because uh, I said, "Hey, you want to clean them?" He said, "Yep, I'll clean them." I was like, "Huh? I could catch them. I didn't right. have to clean them." Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Gotta like that, man. <laughs> but yeah, we caught a lot of bass that week. It was nice. But normally, I, I don't catch fish. Just because I, I haven't bothered to learn the techniques. I just, I just enjoy casting and yeah. wasting the time, right? You know, and the, and a lot of it that's for me too. It's just to get out there, relax, and. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people people that if I'm catching, I'm catching. If I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just out there relaxing, enjoying yeah. the time. That uh, I've gone with some people, my brother being one of them. If you're not catching something, 
Oh, not, oh, yeah? ha- not happy. Huh. Mind you, we, we've nicknamed my brother Greg Azumi. Uh-huh. If he's not catching fish, there's no fish to be had. Oh, okay. Right? So if he's not catching, we might as well just pack <laughs> it in because <laughs> you're not catching something, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like I say, if I catch, I catch. If I don't, I don't. I find I'm more upset that we're not catching fish if, I'm, if I've taken somebody and they're not catching fish. Oh, okay. Right? So if, if I called you up and said, hey, let's go fishing, we'll throw the canoe on, we'll go back a ways, we'll hit a couple of lakes. And we don't catch anything all day. I'm more upset the fact that you didn't catch anything oh, yeah? than than me not catching anything, hmm. right? So, or if you're taking the kids or something like that, right? I find it exciting to catch fish, but I'm not there to catch fish. You're out for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I do catch fish, <laughs> we grew up fishing, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we grew up outdoors. Trout, I like to um, head and tail it, yeah. clean the guts out. Clean it out nicely. I will throw some onion, some lemon, some salt and pepper on the inside, wrap it in foil, put it over the fire, flip it, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's, for me, that's the way I, I love my trout that way. I'll pan fry it every so often, um, but not, not as much. Yeah. Right. You like the, all that flavor sort of stuff. And bass, um, fried up with some fish crisp or something like that. Okay. Right, so you get some nice fillets in there, cut them into smaller pieces, batter them up, throw them in some oil in the frying pan, and eat them. That they're delicious that way. Mm-hmm. We used to get the jumbo perch out uh, out west in Alberta, like yeah. massive perch. Yeah, same thing. Just like oh, so a little bit of batter on them, do some beer batter or something like that. Okay, it's yeah. like, oh, so good. And uh, walleye, yeah, just fry it up with some butter in a pan. Mm-hmm. I love that. Absolutely love it. I usually just, uh, I'll always bring tin foil and I'll just like a little bit of butter and salt and pepper and maybe some, some kind of spices otherwise, but yeah. I just, that's basically all, all I do is, uh, just a little bit of fishing and tin foil, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. it was, uh, when I did that trip with, uh, Mike around Philip Edward Island, I, it never would have occurred to me to bring oil and flour. Yeah. Like it never occurs to me to do that. It's like, why would I do that? That's just extra crap that I'm going to have. Right. But he brought oil and flour and he filleted the fish and he battered them up and dropped them in oil in the pan. And it was so good. They were yeah. so crispy and, oh, and fresh fish, yep. like truly fresh fish. It's so good. So it's like, I probably still won't bring flour and oil, but. You'll let somebody else. I'll let somebody else. <laughs> 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 but I tell you, it was some really good fish that Mike was cooking. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can fillet them right and get every last yeah. little bit of nothing kills a fish fry more than you take a big mouthful of fish and <laughs> mouthful of bones. Oh yeah, 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 it's yeah. It's like, oh yeah. I'm I'm done. If it's the first mouthful, yeah. I am done. I don't think I got a single bone. Mike's pretty good at filleting yeah. the fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I every so often you don't mind one, maybe two you miss, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you get a whole mouthful of them, it's like, oh. Well, that's one reason why I like just in the tinfoil with a little bit of butter and salt and pepper. Yeah. And then it just flakes apart, the fresh fish, and yeah. it flakes out, and it Skin doesn't take much. Right you off. grab the spine, and you just zipper the yeah. whole spine and ribs right out of the fish, right? Yeah. Uh, and I know some people that actually will, that eat the fish skin as well. Yeah, off yeah. A, off a trout. 
Not off of like bass. So and like, stuff. do they scrape the skin? Well, I guess trout as just to basically eat his skin, like a fleshy skin. Yeah, yeah. they don't have all the scales, right? Yeah, like a, like like a, a bass, like a bass yeah. or a salmon or yeah, walleye and that. Yeah. So I've, I've seen I've seen people cook up like uh, like salmon or something, and they they scrape off the scales or whatever fish has scales. They scrape it off and eat the skin. Then the skin gets mm-hmm. nice and crispy. Yeah. No, I'm not into that. Yeah, me neither. The other trick fan. is uh, when you're doing walleye is the, uh, they call it pickerel cheeks, right? Oh, yeah, The cheeks, yeah. they got this big yeah. chunk of meat. Mm-hmm. And you got to cut those out as well yeah. and fry them up. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. No, I'm hungry. Uh, usually I'll just fry up some veggie, like I'll get some mushrooms, onions, and peppers. I'll mm-hmm. fry them up or rice. Yeah. Because, you know, you've seen that commercial on TV where they do the, the girl comes running downstairs to her microwave because it went bing. Oh, the rice. She opens, the ready she made, has the ready, the ready made rice in yeah. there. You just put it yeah. in for a minute. I'll bring those. I'll put a little bit of water in the bottom of the pan. Oh, yeah. And I'll dump that in, just stir it so it doesn't stick. You don't have to cook it. It's just yeah. it's ready to go. You just got to heat it up is all yeah. it is. Yeah. And you throw that on a mm-hmm. on your plate with some fish. Oh, yeah. pff, can't beat it, man. And it comes in all these different flavors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah, it's nothing like a nice shore lunch, eh? Yeah. Out middle of the day, it's like, I'm not really hungry, but I'm going to go cook a fish. <laughs> if you're not, I, I I like doing a shore lunch if you're not, if it's not a travel day. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because if, yeah. if I'm doing a travel day, I don't want to unpack all the stuff, do a yeah. shore lunch, and then pack it all yeah. back. If it's a travel day, I tend to just catch and release if I yeah. do happen to yeah. catch it accidentally. If, if we're out <laughs> just doing, like if we have, if we've made base camp yeah. and we're just going out for a day trip, yeah. then, oh yeah, yeah, I'll stop somewhere, have have lunch, have a snooze, mm-hmm. have a swim, whatever. Yeah. Right. Make a day of it. Uh, I usually take my, I always, I always take my spin reel and rod, yeah. right. Depending on where I'm going, I'll take my fly fishing gear, right. I don't always take it. If we're doing, ra- uh, like if we're doing river travel and I know there's going to be rapids and stuff like that, I'll take it because you can fish at the end of the rapids and yeah. spots yeah. through and stuff like that. Find some eddies and some pools and you know, maybe catch a couple of trout or something like that. Um, small box of, box of tackle. Not, you don't bring your big, big tackle. Yeah, I, br- I bring in the tiniest very, little thing. Yeah, very yeah, selective on what I, what I bring. And, yeah. uh, usually some bait hooks because you can always find a bug. Mm-hmm. Um, Algonquin Park does not have worms. Not allowed to bring. No, yeah. Algonquin Park does not have worms native to the park. Really? So if you lift up a rock looking for little trout worms or something. bugs, but no worms. No worms. Really? worms do not live in Algonquin Park. Huh. Uh-huh. I've never looked. I've never dug. Now you know. Now is this, you know, you, this is from experience or this is from this fact? This is from fact. Hmm. Yeah. Fact because, and yeah, because we've never found them. And you're, I was Googling stuff one day and, yeah. and talking about worms and they say, don't let them, don't leave them, don't dump them and all that because they are not native to Algonquin Park. Huh. Oh, was not aware of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a fish isn't picky. You throw a bug on a yeah. bait hook, he's going to eat it, right? But there's, there's also rules in Algonquin anyways. You're not allowed to have live bait. Live like, bait. So yeah, like minnows worms? and stuff. Minnows. So, okay. So minnows, yeah. you can bring worms. Yeah. Oh yeah, they sell worms. Okay. Yeah. But you can't bring bait fish. Right. You can't bring bait fish mm-hmm. because if you let them go, dump they, them out. Then... Evasive species. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so I'll bring, I'll bring bait hooks for, you know, at the end of the day, if I've lost everything or nothing yeah. else works. I'll throw a piece of bacon or a marshmallow yeah. or whatever on a on a bait hook and give it a whirl. Uh, I bring some MEP spinners with me and some rooster tails, which are longer look spinners. Medium-sized spoons, like little Cleos. 
they're great for trolling uh, when you're going for lake, for lake trout. trout. Yeah, for lake trout, those are perfect. I bring a pair of surgical forceps because they clip on. Cause they're the locking locking yeah. ones, like the locking oh, okay. plier sort of looking things. Long, thin, silver metal. Because mm-hmm. you can just clip those right. Like the, you just squeeze them, uh, I never and they clip on yeah. your your PFD. I always have a Leatherman or something with me. Yeah, I used to bring a, a pair of uh, needle nose pliers, mm-hmm. but they're heavy. Yeah. Well, these here, especially when you're trout fishing. Yeah. You know, then all of a sudden you, you stick your fingers in, you unlock them and open them, and they come right off your your life jacket. Yeah. You take the hook out. You drop the hook, you got the fish, you just clip those back on and then you can release it's the fish. It's locked onto your... Yeah, and it's locked. Huh. You're not trying to stick it in a pocket or throw it on the ground and lose it or That's in the bottom of your canoe, that sort of stuff. Uh, my brother got me into that. Yeah? Yeah, he's, he's got a bunch of them from... Because you can find them at like medical supply stores mm-hmm. and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Pickering Town Center, Scarborough Town Center used to have something in the middle of the mall. Oh. And you could buy yeah. all the stuff for first aid kits yeah. and stuff. And they had them, so... Uh, fishing regulations, I bring them for the area I'm going to. Yeah. Just, just in so case. you know, right? Yeah. Because th- there's different, different zones where they have different rules. Yeah. Well, plus if, if, if you've interpreted something wrong and the conservation guys come up, you can go, look, no, no, it says this. And they go, oh no, it's interpreted like this. Yeah. So you can show them it's an honest mistake. You're not yeah. being an idiot trying mm-hmm. to poach or anything like that. Fishing license. In Ontario, they have two types, the sportsman and the conservation. Yeah. If I know that I'm going to be going on canoe trips and probably be wanting to eat fish and I'm going with a few people, I'll get the sportsman. The difference between the sportsman and the conservation, the sportsman is a little bit more and you get to keep more. Yes. Right? The conservation, if you're just going and you know you're just going to be doing catch and release all the time. Yeah. Conservation. You know, maybe you'll keep one or whatever. There's not much difference in price, really. No, no, no. It's like five bucks or something, yeah. like ten bucks, whatever it is. But no, it's not very much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if 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 you're in a party of four, and you want to keep keep a couple of trout to feed them, yeah. as opposed to one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, eh, so yeah. So uh, yeah, and, and I mean, even if you you don't catch anything or or you don't end up keeping anything, yeah. and you pay for the sportsman, the money goes back mm-hmm. into the. The industry anyway, so. And I guess now, I, I I can't remember clearly, but I was checking into it last year, and I think if, so if you have a license, your children, if they're under the age of 16, 16. don't need a license. Right. But they have to be with somebody who has a license. Something like that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the have to be anymore, because I, I know growing up, we mm. always went away by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, under 16, you don't need a license. I, yeah. that part I know. Yeah. But the, the, whether you have to be with somebody that has, I, that I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure about it. Cause both my kids are way over 16 now. Yeah. So, but yeah, you can, and they got the family fish free weekends and stuff like that. Like yeah. fam, February yeah. family day and stuff. Nobody needs a license on those. No. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another one coming up soon and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. So yeah, we get into all that sort of stuff and have fun. And you know what? Like. The great thing about the fishing is you do it with your kids and you always remember. Like there's a picture over on the the wall unit over here and there's Mackenzie and I in a boat and it's his first fish he ever caught. Top shelf over there in the boat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. see it. Oh, that's yeah, his, that's that. his first fish he ever caught. And we got a picture of it and he was, I think like five or something like that there or four. 
And yeah, it was a great day. So every time we see that picture, you know, we remember where we were and all that sort of stuff. Uh, when you go out with your buddies, you know, you get back to camp at the end of the day and you're talking about the, the fish you caught and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, the ones that got away, that sort of thing. And then my big one was my grandfather was always into hunting. He okay. told me when I turned yeah. 16, he would take me deer hunting. I don't think I could shoot a deer if I wanted to. Um, but when I was, I think, 15, he stopped going deer hunting. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so I'm like, you dirty bugger. <laughs> so he was 72, and my brother and I were talking about heading up to Bice Lake in Algonquin, and he made a comment, I always wanted to go on a canoe trip, but no one I know does that sort of thing or ever did that sort of thing. So we just said, Hey, come with. And of course, you know, well, he's 72 and da, 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 he's old and da, da, oh, <laughs> whatever. I said, can you hike still? Can you go down a hiking trail? Like, can you go on a, a nice like walk? Cause yeah, that's all it is. There you go. You, 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 you sit, you can sit on your butt all day. Then you get out and you walk from one end of a portage to the other end. You can take your life jacket and your paddle and your fishing rod. That's all you got to carry. We'll carry everything else. We'll supply everything, the whole meal deal. So we took him out for 10 days to, to, to Bice Lake. And he was catching trout and, and all this stuff. Having an absolute blast. Oh, yeah? Awesome. yeah, my brother and I still talk about that. That's awesome. But yeah, just seeing his face light. I mean... You know, you always talk about you seeing your little kids, you know, your, your kids face light up when they catch yeah. their fish, you know, when you're helping them with it. And then he's at the front of the canoe. We get him to turn around to face us. Right. Okay. And, uh, so I'm paddling and chit chatting with him, And, um, cause when you're trolling for trout, when you got the little Clio on and it's going deep yeah. and you're trolling, you want to go at a certain speed. You don't want to go too fast. Two people paddling is too fast. So you get one guy in the back paddling. And you just get this nice little thum, thum, thum rhythm yeah. of your, of your rod. So he's just holding it there and he's watching his rod just as, and all of a sudden it starts to do this big bend. So he gives a nice little hook and he's got a nice trout on and just, just watching the joy in his face of catching that and bringing yeah. it in and taking it back to camp and cleaning it. And, you know, cause he hadn't been out at that point. He hadn't been out in a few years mm-hmm. out camping, fishing or anything. Right. So it was just like his childhood came back sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it was great. Just those kind of memories, uh, all, all just surrounding fishing, whether you're catching mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah. You know, and like I say, I go with my brother and, uh, we went up, uh, on a Northern Ontario canoe trip for, it was close to 18 days fishing. We're hitting all these different lakes through Northern Ontario, just fishing and, um, you know, get the canoe, put it in a little lake. We hit some of these lakes that. I don't know if there was fish in there or not, <laughs> but you know what? It was, it was yeah. fun and you're out there, you're casting a line and, uh, chit chatting and enjoying the day and enjoying the scenery. And yeah. that's what it's all about, man. Hmm. So you got a lot of time with your kids to be doing that. Oh yeah. 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 You're just starting buddy. So I just looked up some of the rules for fishing. Yeah. So residents of Ontario and Canada under 18 years old or over 65 are deemed to be a deemed to be in possession of a, of a license. So it's the, you don't need one. You're so if you're under 18 or if you're over 65, you don't need a permit. Uh, right. You don't need a fishing license. And, but you are still, you are, you have to follow p- 
possession limits. Oh yeah, yeah. So they say you're you're you follow the possession limits of a sport fishing license. Right. So yeah, you don't have to. You don't need a license if you're under eighteen or over sixty-five. Is it eighteen? Eighteen. Yeah. See, it used to be sixteen. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought I had recalled too. But it says right here in big so, old letters. Yeah, big old letters, black and white. <laughs> um. Yeah. So get your fishing license. Yes. Start learning some fishing. <laughs> yeah. You got to teach your kids. Can't well, teach I, them if you can't do it. Oh, they love it. Like uh, we, uh, last summer we visited friends up at their cottage and I got these little toy fishing rods, right? Yep. But they actually work pretty good. Oh one, yeah. One's a pink one for Stella and the other is a blue one for Beckett. Like one, Beckett's is like, uh, that stupid, uh, what's that clownfish cartoon? Nemo. 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 He's got yeah. a Nemo rod and Stella's got a, a Barbie rod. Anyways, they, they sit at the end of the dock and they just love it. They cast, they learn how to cast. Beckett's really good at casting. He just flicks it and goes way out. It's like, ah, it's impressive. And uh, Beckett caught a little tiny fish one day. So he was all excited. And <laughs> Ariana caught a, it's about a 16 inch trout on a Barbie fishing rod one yeah. year. Yeah. Wow. It's a nice trout. That's a big fish. Yeah. Hauling it in, you know. We were in um, Barren Canyon um, fishing. Barren Canyon is like 150 feet up each side, yeah. about a 50, 60 feet across, sort of thing. And of course, there's lots of rocks. So it's like, and, and a lot of little fish just taking your worms. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't even get to fish. I got yeah. one off one side, one off the other side. And it's like, oh, I lost my worm, Dad. Oh, I got a little yeah. fish, Dad. So I'm constantly <laughs> going between the two of them. And I'm like, oh, I got a snake. I got another. Oh. Dude, you got to keep out of the rocks. <laughs> so I grab his rod to, to try to give it a pull. And all I see is the head of this big bass come out. Dude, I hand him back his fishing rod. That's, That's not, not a, a rock. snag. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he got that up and went. I mean, it's little stories like that. Yeah. That's what, you know, you, you, you're not out there catching these sailfish and, yeah. and big monster groupers yeah, catching and, memories. and sharks dangling your feet and yeah. stuff. But these little, <laughs> little things on the canoe trips and, and, you know, going out in a kayak or something like that, doing yeah. some little fish and stuff. That's pretty cool and uh, <laughs> make some good memories and stuff. Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I think that's all I've got for this week. What about you? Uh, I've got a few things I'm going to say for next week. Oh yeah? Yeah. Alrighty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to listen to this uh, podcast and uh, many, many other episodes, 167 others, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Player FM, Google Play, and all your favorite podcasting sites. You can download or stream live from paddlingadventuresradio.com, the episode page. Uh, I think that's about it. So thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>